Hey, welcome back to the Fort Dodge Leadership Podcast. It's so good to be here with you. I'm Nathan, and I'm joined here today by Christy Fisher, who is a WNP assistant and uh, just a, a high-level volunteer leader here uh, at the Prairie Lakes campus. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, glad to be here. Good to have you here for your first podcast. So, um, all right. So what we're talking about today is the faith line. And um, this is this is kind of a, a big deal. What I was supposed to do today uh, was actually just point you to an existing resource. Um, we were going to keep this summer podcast simple and say, hey, Craig Groeschel is awesome. And he records this really great leadership podcast and you should go check it out. And specifically in January, <laughs> he recorded a podcast called High Impact Habits, like right at the new year, High Impact Habits. And uh, so if you Googled that, Craig Rochelle, his name is super weird, G-R-O-E-S-C-H-E-L, Craig Rochelle. Um, If you Googled that and listened to it, your leadership would grow for sure. So please do that. Maybe even hit pause and just like write that down or something. But um, this morning I was just feeling like, you know what, I should record something about the faith line today, in addition to just sharing about that other podcast. Um, and, uh, and and why, why was I thinking that? Um, well, first of all, um, like the faith line is this really, really big deal. Um, so we, we, our lives are this tiny little blip. And like, yes, we might live to be uh, 10 or 50 or 100 years old or whatever. So like we have a, a lifetime, but then eternity is so much greater. And so we have this like reality that like every single one of us, 100% of us are going to die and then something's going to happen after we die. We're, we're all either on this collision course with hell or we're going to be rescued from hell to this like joy and like freedom and victory forever in the presence of God. So it, it, it is the biggest deal. Um, and yet we as like everyday Christians might not feel like we have it in us, like we're equipped, like we know what to do to lead someone across that faith line. Um, like, so specifically, just a couple of days ago, Christy and I were in this conversation with someone and um, we were kind of trying to point this person to like what the faith line means and how to take that step. And they just, it was new to them. You could see like they were tracking, but not tracking. And like, this is a lot to take in. Um, and it was really cool. And so after that conversation, I'm like, wow, this is a huge deal. And I feel comfortable in this situation. Christy, you felt comfortable in that situation, but do all of our leaders listening to this podcast feel like if they were in that moment where somebody was kind of like maybe ready to take a step over the faith line, would they know how to lead that moment? So um, that's kind of what we're talking about here today. Anything right off the bat, Christy, that as you're hearing me say that, um, you're thinking of? Um, no, like just that that's really, really good and important thing to be able to equip people with um, so that they can have the opportunity to share Christ. And this is super near and dear to your heart. You've been praying for this. You and Ken, you were just talking about that before we started recording, that like, yeah. This is such a huge deal, and you've been longing for us to be able to do more of this, share more of this, equip more people, and see more of these faith lines happen. So yeah. it's like um, pretty cool to be able to record this with you today on the topic. So um, also, um, speaking of faith line and now small group leaders, um, last time we got our small group coaches together for a meeting, someone in the meeting said, wouldn't it be cool if... Um, if we had more equipping for small group leaders to lead their small group members over the faith line. And part of where that was coming from is, um, like, let's say we might have someone who signs a card and says, I showed up at church and I want to join a small group and I stepped over the faith line. Um, like, we would want to be able to say, hey, small group leader, uh, here's a new person who's going to be joining your group, and can you help them understand <laughs> what step they just took? Or or they haven't, we can tell they haven't stepped over the faith line yet, and so, hey, small group leader, would you be ready and prepared to find that moment to lead this new member of your group across the faith line? Well, that's a cool thing to ask, but yet 
I'm, I was thinking it would be unfair to say, hey, please do that. But also we've never really given you a tool like this podcast today of like, how do you do it? Um, so, so be on the lookout, small group leaders, if that's you today. Um, when, when we have a moment like in a church weekend service where we really strategically and really intentionally share the faith line and have like a, a moment, um, we're also going to just put out the all call to small group leaders and say, hey, this is a faith line weekend. So heads up, um, maybe in your small group this week, follow up and say, hey, did anyone take that step? Or follow up and say, this weekend we shared a faith line invitation. Um, have, has everyone here in this group today, have, have we all done that? Or is that clear to you? Or is that a little confusing? And just like open up for conversation. Because here's the reality. Like in a big room, someone might hear like, yeah, this invitation to step over the faith line, but there's no one where they can like ask more about it or clarify, like, what does that even mean? Or like, I don't know if I'm worthy to do that. or I don't know if I'm ready to do that. Or I feel like I kind of get it, but yet there's this thing in my background from church that I'm not sure if that's true or not true. They're, they need to process with someone and small groups are a great place to do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and I'm sharing that from a small group leader perspective, but that's also true of, I mean, your children's ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, being ready to share it, uh, with kids, um, being ready to share it with your volunteer leaders. You might have a, a conversation with a new volunteer if you're, if you're a leader of volunteers, um, and you can just tell that the person either hasn't stepped over the faith line before, or maybe you can see that there's a moment in their life that's coming to this like critical junction. Like maybe this would be the moment where they take that step. We, we want you all to be ready to lead your people through that faith line step. Yeah. And even if like you are familiar with how to do that process, like I feel like this is a good reminder and maybe some things that we talk about are things that you never thought about that is more simplistic way to share with different people. Yeah. Then it doesn't need to be complex. So, all right. So let's dive in. A lot of us have these common hangups of why we might be a little bit nervous or hesitant to actually be the one to step share with share the faith line with someone. Uh, we might say to ourselves, like, I'm not a theologian. I don't know the Bible enough. I don't, I don't know all the answers. I don't know, like, I, I kind of get the faith line, but I don't know if I know it well enough to really uh, describe it. Or like, what if I screw it up? What if I think I'm sharing the faith line right, but I'm messing some significant part of it up and I'm like <laughs> dooming this person that's listening? Like, I don't I don't want to risk it. I don't want to risk it. Um, or like, what if they have a question that I won't be able to answer? Um, or honestly, just the, the courage of like, what if I share this with them? And they're like, no, <laughs> they don't receive it. They're not interested. Or um, just that fear of rejection that we might be facing. Yeah, I definitely, I remember going through a time where I was, I was like always afraid I was going to screw it up and say the wrong thing and somehow not share it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you were even sharing about your daughter, like being so bold to share Faithline with her like soccer team. Yes. Yes. So like sometimes little kids like put us to shame too. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was like every time she went and soccer practice we like have to stop talking you're supposed to be practicing on the field and she's like i'm sharing the gospel mom (laughs) i mean (laughs) yes share it after practice (laughs) (laughs) so yeah like uh but but sometimes we even even as adults just don't i don't know we just have these reservations and that and that's normal um but i think part of what we want to talk about today is that like the idea we don't want it to be like, hey, you become a Christian and maybe someday possibly you could lead someone to Christ. I mean, mostly the pastors, all the trained people are going to do it, but I don't know, maybe if I really got holy enough or special enough or if there's this one sweet moment, maybe I would do it. No, actually, this should be kind of like a normal thing. This should be like, yeah, I, I, I refill the bags of salt in my water softener every so often and I um, put oil changes in my car and, you know, about every month I'm leading someone across the faith line. Like it should be that kind of a routine in your life. Um, it should be normal. It should be common. It should be routine. And, um, 
and not like outrageous. Like, and I do think honestly, we kind of experienced this in the conversation we had <clears throat> that we're, we're talking about the faith line with this person, and they're like, "I've never heard that." Um, there's like this poverty in America today of people getting opportunities to hear the truth of the gospel, to hear the good news. And um, we don't want that to be the case in our little Iowa. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think too, like as like, as you're reading through like some of this and um, is what came to my mind also is like, I think some people think that it's also not their responsibility to share the faith line. Yeah. Um, but like as Christians, like we are called to share Christ with other people. And I think, I think sometimes um, we just, we think it is the pastor's responsibility or something. And so like we don't take ownership of sharing Christ, but when something amazing happens to your li- in your life, you want to share it. And yeah. so like that, I feel like can be a misconception as well. Absolutely. I mean, it is the reason that salvation doesn't work like just being whisked up to heaven instantly. That it, it is the, like... It's almost like how this thing should work is that you put your faith in Christ and then boom, you know, you you just are caught up to heaven with God in that moment. Because like, spiritually speaking, the moment you turn to Christ, you are saved. Like eternity, your eternal life begins now is kind of how the Bible looks at it. Um, but he leaves us here and we continue to finish out the journey of our life. And it's really only for one reason, because we're left here to bring more people with us. Yeah. Um, like we, we can't forget that. It's not to build a 401k. It's not to have a nice house or, you know, have a nice lawn or something. It's, it's like, uh, we're here to share the gospel. Um, all right. So let's talk about what this thing is that we're sharing. Like what is the faith line? Um, you know, it, they say, I don't know where this stat comes from, you know, but it's got to be true. I don't know. It's a stat. So <laughs> I, I have heard somewhere uh, uh, that it takes on average seven times for someone to hear the gospel before they'll believe or understand it or, or like receive it. So seven times. Um, so if nothing else, like take that away today that it's not like it's not probably going to be this one time thing where if you say things just right, then that person is going to believe and get saved and like no it's it's a little bit more like we should just be constantly sharing and reminding one another of like what Jesus has done for us and as we keep repeating it to people and sharing it in in one way and then another way and then in another way like as that starts to click in that it's like the light bulb is going to come on at some point in the future but like quantity matters um so um just be aware of that, that it takes, in many ways, takes some of the pressure off that it has to be this perfect way that you share it. And it also puts the pressure on that, like, we've got to do this regularly. It's it, it, it's not just going to happen. Like, we, we need to repeatedly, repeatedly be bringing up the hope of Christ to people. Um, so some of it, some of our job is to be sensitive. Like, is this one of just those seven times? Am I just providing more clarity uh, to this person so that they understand more and more clearly what the gospel is? Or is this the time? Not that it happens exactly on the seventh time. <laughs> you know, don't don't be keeping track with a clicker. But, like, it's more like it's this sensitivity to, like, man, I can sense that this person is ready. It's almost like the Bible uses some imagery of, imagery of like, ripe harvest fields, like, this is harvest time. Like it's been growing and being watered and growing and watered and sunshine. And as they've heard it over and over again, and then there's this time where it's like, all right, this person is ripe. They're ready. This is closing the deal with them. Like put your trust in Jesus today. Yeah. And we have to trust that God is also preparing those people that we encounter. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't know where that is in that time scale, you know, if it's the first time they heard the gospel or the, you know, hundredth time they've heard the gospel. Um, but God does. And every time he's preparing them more and more to receive and to accept. So, you know, we have to be aware of like, it doesn't depend on us. Like God has to do that part, but like it does depend on us to share. Yeah, absolutely. And we've thrown around that word gospel. So I just want to 
clarify that real quick. That like so that's a that's a Greek word. It's a borrowed word from another language, gospel. Um, but it just it just meant good news. Like if someone uh, gave a, a good report back then, it would have been like this. Uh, you know, the the army won the battle, and so then they send this messenger to proclaim the gospel, and they're just they're going like, hey everybody, like. We won the battle, and you know they didn't have the internet, so they had to actually send a person to share the good news, and that person was carrying the gospel to the rest of the army or the commander or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, gospel just means good news. So uh, there's a lot of bad news out there. We pick up a digital newspaper, and we see, like, horrible thing, horrible thing, horrible thing. But how cool is it when there's a good news report and people are just like, oh my gosh, did you hear what amazing thing happened? Um, Like we landed on the moon or, you know, something amazing. Um, So gospel just means a good news report. And in our case, um, this is the distinction of Christianity because Christianity is not just this framework of morals that like learn how to be a better and better person. So God will be happy with you. Um, Christianity is primarily a news report that God has done something for us. God has done something for us, and now we are just reporting it. We're letting people know that it's happened and that we can, like, receive the good news. Like, this news can change our lives. Just like when, um, like, D-Day or V-Day or something, like, like with World War II, like, when they... Nothing really changed in their immediate area when they heard that the war was over. But hearing the war was over changed their lives. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is what the gospel, the good news is, is like people hear that their war against sin is over, that their war against death is over. And now because that news is true, it's going to change their lives. So that's what we mean when we're saying the gospel. Um and so, like, the Bible does talk about the word gospel a lot. What the Bible doesn't talk about a lot is the word faith line, because we made that up at PLC, okay? So, <laughs> uh, if you didn't know that, go read your Bible a little bit. Um, but, no, seriously, like, it, this is just kind of almost like a PLC trademark phrase. It, it doesn't show up in the Bible. We're just using that phrase as, like, shorthand for a really huge concept, that spans across the whole story of God and humanity, that um, faith line is like this tipping point moment when someone trusts in that good news um, and it changes their life. It changes their identity. It it changes everything. So it's so significant that Pastor John, for years now, has said it's almost like this cosmic line in the universe that when you cross it, like everything in your world changes. Like... That's what we're talking about, and it's a line of faith. I, before, I didn't have faith in God to trust him, and now I do have faith to trust him. So it's it's metaphorical. It's just it's something we've made up to just be kind of catchy. Um, but, yeah, it's the, it's the moment of putting trust in Christ. Um, anything you would, like, say about that or I don't know? Um, yeah, no, I, I think it, it's good. It gives us a visual of like stepping over that line um, and taking like our old selves and who we were and saying like, it's not about me anymore and recognizing yeah. like it's about Christ and following him. And like you step over that line, you know, it's just like if someone's to draw a line in the sand, you know, are you going to step over that line and join that side? Yeah. Yeah. And, and one like um, one pitfall to avoid with this word we've made up of faith line is that if you're not careful, it can almost imply to people like an arrival point. Like you've, you've made it to, you finally made it to the end of the finish line of your journey. Like you were kind of a lousy Christian, but now you're a much better Christian and you're standing on the podium. I've, I've stepped over the faith line. So it's not a finish line. Um, it's a starting line, if anything. Um, so we don't want to imply when we share this faith line concept with people, we don't want to imply that it's about them, about their worthiness or anything that they're sort of earning or deserving in that moment. If anything, it's the exact opposite. It's coming to the realization that you're at the end of yourself. It's coming to the realization that you can't earn or deserve or be worthy. And it's that light bulb realization that, 
that is faith, that like I, I actually need to totally depend on Christ to save me. I cannot save myself. Um, it's, it's grabbing hold of the life preserver when you're drowning. That's the faith line. It's, it's um, putting up the white flag and saying, I give up. I give up control of my life. That's the faith line. Um, so it, it really is um, a D. It's, it's moving downward rather than moving upward. In many yeah, ways. and I love the way that you said that. It's like a starting line because like, yeah, because you're turning away from all of the old and realizing like, there's something better and you, you get to start that journey with Christ in a whole different way. Like, so even if you grew up in the faith and like, and you come to this point where it's like, it's no longer about me and you decide to put your faith and trust in Christ, uh, you, you start this crazy, amazing journey. And yeah, I like that, that starting line. Yeah. And, and this is something that God is doing in us. Um, you know, it talks about the father drawing us and, that Jesus says, I will draw all men unto me. Um, so this is something that like God is up to. And um, we, so again, we don't want to put this like undue pressure on ourselves. Like um, we, we have an involvement in it. So we're not just these passive puppets that God is sort of like saving. Is Like we, we have a role to play, but the role is so tiny that it's almost insignificant. The role is is the giving up. The role is the receiving. Um, if, I, if, I, if I receive a gift somebody hands me, nobody is like, wow, you received that gift so well. Like the, the, <laughs> the emphasis is on the gift and the giver, but you do have to receive it. You could, you could set it in the corner and never open the gift. So when people don't step over the faith line, that's exactly what they're doing. There's a gift in the corner that's hugely valuable that they're deciding not to open. Um, but again, I'm just, I'm just trying to really underscore this fact that like faith line is not an arrival of faithful, worthy Christianity. The faith line is is the end of ourselves and the beginning of our dependence on Jesus. Um, it's also it's different than baptism. Uh, so they're related, they're interconnected, but it is different than baptism. So we, we would say uh, baptism does not save you. Ba- baptism is not your faith line moment. Um, baptism is a visual um, illustration. It's a physical illustration of the faith line because, like, <clears throat> to use the Bible's metaphor for what the faith line is, it's like dying to your old self and then being raised to new life. So Jesus died, and he rose again. And then in the same way, we die. In our case, we're sinners. So we we die to our old self, and then we're raised to life in him. And so baptism, like, it, it's a drowning. Um, like, we're not a weird cult. We are not. But, <laughs> like, this is kind of a weird symbol. It's like, all right, I want to I wanna symbolically drown all the old me, and I want to come back to life as a brand new human. Like I wasn't a child of God and now I am. So it, baptism is about like a public change of your identity. Um, it's about a, a connection and being like reborn into the family of God. But but the baptism moment isn't the salvation moment. The The salvation moment is is separate from baptism. And, and you don't have to go any further than the thief on the cross you know, there's that thief to the side of Jesus also being crucified with him. And Jesus says to him, baptism free, um, today you'll be with me in paradise. So um, you can be saved without being baptized, but everyone who is saved is called to be baptized. So if you have stepped over the faith line and you've never sort of like publicly announced it with baptism, you've never had that like initiation into the family of God, like you need to do that tomorrow. Like that, it should happen like right away. Yeah. And I've always heard it said like baptism is an outward expression of an inward decision and like yeah. a way that we get to celebrate that with you. Yeah, for sure. All right. So that's a little bit of like clarifying misunderstandings about the faith line. Um, <clears throat> then we're going to, we're going to share a couple other things here before we wrap up. One of them is these, uh, these three domains, these three categories, these three areas that the faith line can impact, um, power, truth, and love. And then we're also going to talk about some really practical approaches for how you can talk about the faith line 
things that are catchy, things that are memorable, things that you can hang on to uh, for those key moments. But um, so power, truth, and love. I heard this um, or read this a while back through the perspectives class, perspectives on world missions. Um, and they were talking about it in terms of like a people group that had never heard the good news of Jesus. Like if, if you found one of the many uh, groups of people across the globe that have never heard the hope of Jesus, um, the, the article was talking about how you have to overcome, you have to make sure that these people have had encounters with God in in three areas: power, truth, and love. And it was it was so like life changing for me to hear to read that. Um, that I, I want to share it because I think it's kind of connected to this this gospel thing. Um, and I will say too that like these three are are pretty all encompassing, but also like the cross and the and the empty tomb is so rich and. Um, like there's a lot of layers there to what God is doing. It's not like just this one simple metaphor does the trick. Like there, it, it's the center point of all time and space, like that cross moment. So like there's a lot of different ways to express the gospel that are all right. There's a lot of different ways that like people need to hear it um, because there's billions of unique individuals and God sort of meets us in all of these unique and diverse ways in the gospel, in the faith line, in the cross. Um, and and so uh, it's not a one-size-fits-all, like you learn the one way to say how people are saved. It's more like you want to grow in a diversity of ways to talk about this so that when that one unique person who sees it this way or that other unique person who sees it that way um, needs to hear the gospel, you're kind of prepared to share it from a lot of different angles, just like like a diamond with a lot of facets, like the gospel has so many facets to it. You want to be able to, you know, think about it from a lot of different angles so that you, you know, deeply understand it. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but the, the big three we're going to talk about here in, in this podcast is power, truth, and love. Okay. So what would it mean if someone um, needed a power encounter with the gospel, with God. Um, they haven't stepped over the faith line yet, and it's because of a power issue. What do, what do I mean when I say that? Well, um, this is a spiritual matter, so spiritual problems need spiritual solutions. Um, someone might have a spiritual stronghold in their life. Maybe they've opened themselves up to the enemy. Maybe there are walls, spiritual walls in their lives, life that need to be broken down in the name of Jesus? Um, have they been oppressed? Have they been held deeply by addiction and they can't break free? Um, have they given themselves over to sin? Have they been victimized by someone else's sin? Um, all of these things are related to power, where God's power needs to come in and break through. Um, and, and part of the reason that this is, is a huge thing. It has to do with authority. So, like, if you go way, way, way back to the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve are li- living in total freedom and joy with God, when they... So they were in charge of the garden and then they listened and gave authority over the way they were living their lives to this snake, this serpent, uh, who was Satan. And when they kind of gave up that authority to him and said, yeah, okay, we're going to follow your lordship by listening to your commands and the way you think we should either eat of this fruit or not eat this fruit. They they turned over authority to Satan. And and in that moment, um, there was like, there was an authority shift where we were in charge of the earth before that. Like the Bible says, like rule the earth and subdue it and fill it and multiply. We, we were in charge. God put us in charge of this planet. It was so cool. And then we gave up that authority to Satan, which means that, like, now, even today, um, we we don't start out as children of God. We don't, like, the, the moment we're born, we're, we're actually kind of like children of the devil. And we need to be, like, taken back forcibly, like, think, think military, think, like, someone needs to come tear down that stronghold and rip us out of that camp into God's camp. Okay, so 
Um, now, here's the cool thing. Jesus, when he died and rose again, he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So he has won that victory. All authority belongs to him. It's, it's there. And so the faith line is accessing that authority, that victory, that thing that Jesus has earned and conquered. So you might find that someone uh, in the midst of their oppression or addiction or the strongholds they're facing, they're still bound up by the enemy, and, and God needs to break in, break through, and unbind them. Um, that, that might be the case. If, if that is the case, how would you share the gospel in a power kind of way? Well, you might pray over them, okay? Like, you might pray in the name of Jesus uh, over the things that are holding them back. Um, you might um, sort of declare them free in the name of Jesus. Like, um, like, hey, Sue, I, I know that you feel as though, um, you know, you're just totally unworthy of the love of God. Um, but I'm here to declare that, like, you've been set free. Uh, the old you is gone, and, like, a new creation is here. Like, Jesus has won the victory, and, and you need to kind of receive and take hold of the victory that he's won for you. You you actually are um, are free. Um, yeah, I really like that. I think that's a really good point, especially, like, when you talk about, like, addictions and that oppression. Because, like, you often hear when people say they come to Christ um, that they experience freedom. Um, like, that was... That's like a term that that I've heard often with people that um, were struggling and held back in in addictions and strongholds and sinful patterns that they'll say, yes, I found freedom in Christ. Like there's just this freeing that happens in it. And like even approaching it from that standpoint, like when you're talking to someone who's um, maybe caught up in sinful patterns in some way and... And you know that, like, and that's something that you're, you're aware of as you're sharing the gospel with them. Like, you know, like, I know you're caught up in this. Um, like, for instance, my sister was um, very much caught up in a lot of sinful patterns and um, living um, in, a, in a really um, bad way um, with relationships with men. And she would just go from one to the other. And she knew it and she recognized it and she wanted freedom in it. Hmm. Um, and so, like, even just coming from, like, hey, like, you know, I know someone that can set you free from this mm. and, and sharing the gospel in that way of like, um, like there's hope in that and that word freedom, that's, that's, I feel like a huge thing in that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think this is why someone might've heard the truth over and over and over again, but it's just not breaking through. Someone might've been loved and welcomed, uh, but it's still not breaking through. It could be that the reason for that is that there is a power issue. Yeah. And so it's, to, it's something that like no matter, no amount of truth or love can really solve it. It's because it's a different kind of issue and, and a spiritual stronghold needs to be broken. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of the idea there. And, you know, um, Jesus at the cross. Okay. Um, he disarmed the power of the devil. Um, a, a lot of this also has to do with the power of the resurrection. So the same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in us. So when you think about how would you share the gospel with someone who is in this, it's like praying against the stronghold and then also, you know, just declaring this, um, the resurrection of Jesus. Like he had power over the grave. He had power um, to take back authority. And so um, tapping into that part of the story might be the key um, for a person who is in this case. Now, um, I, don't, I, don't know, you, I don't know what the percentage would be, but I, I, I do know this, like in different areas, um, power or truth or love might be more common or more needed. Um, you know, you might have a an area of the country where like everyone knows all the right answers, but no one loves each other. Okay. So maybe just sharing more and more truth isn't the solution. Uh, you, you need to love people. Um, so I, I don't know, you might not find that in your community that the power issue is, is a big one, but if you're, if you're working with people who are bound up in addiction, you know, that the prayer and the spiritual component of that might be, might be the key. 
So, yeah, let's talk about truth now. Truth. Okay, so if someone needs to hear the truth of the gospel and step over the faith line in the sense of truth, they might not know or believe the facts about the cross and the empty grave. So, I mean, these days we have a less and less biblically literate community. Um, Like, people aren't reading the Bible. They aren't growing up around the church as often as maybe they did in the previous generation. So we can't assume they know about what sin means, that sin um, is, is just anything we do that misses the mark of how God wants us to live, and and that even the smallest sin disqualifies us from God's presence. Like, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans says. Um, they might not know that they have a need for a Savior, uh, or what the word Savior means, or why Jesus is a Savior of the world. Um they might not know what atonement means, like making things right, um, that like we had a problem that was fixed. Um, they might not know what it means to be redeemed, um, which is just like we're being bought back. Okay, so there might just be some knowledge that they just don't have. And uh, um, so in this case, like teaching is is a big thing. Uh, one really powerful truth that you can use is this idea of a double exchange. Okay, a double exchange. Um it's really helpful for people to know that Jesus takes our sin. So we exchange our sin and give it to Jesus. And then we also receive something back from Jesus. We take his righteousness. Um, So that's the double exchange. Like, it's helpful to know the cross means that he's taking all of our sin on him, all of our shame on him, and bearing it. He's bearing the weight of it. He's taking the punishment for it. And then we take from him his righteousness because um, God, in the, in the form of Jesus, like he was fully righteous, perfect, holy, flawless. And this perfect, holy God lived this perfect life, but then he died the death of a criminal. He, he died and received the punishment that we deserve. So to step over the faith line is to take hold of that freely paid punishment and say, all right, Jesus' punishment, that is going to count for me. Um, the reason that I can be led into heaven is because um, that guy on the cross paid my way. Um, this this is the truth kind of way of sharing uh, the gospel. Um, it's a free gift. You don't have to earn it. This is the belief aspect of salvation. Sometimes, like, you can look this up on the internet, the Romans Road. Um, you can just even with simply using the book of Romans and verses uh, from that, you can walk down a path of Bible verses that really display the truth of, um, of the gospel. So um, anything, anything that comes to mind when you think about just sharing truth that people need to hear? Um, not necessarily, but it's, I, it's powerful. Truth is powerful. Yeah. I was recently listening to a sermon, and they talked about um, how there's no difference between uh, any of us, uh, that the Bible talks about that there's no difference. All have sinned. And um, so they said, let's say um, let's say three people were asked to swim from New York to France, um, and one of them is a non-swimmer, one of them is an average swimmer, and one of them is an Olympic swimmer, Okay. There's no difference because they're all going to drown. <laughs> um, the non-swimmer dr- drowns right away. The average swimmer swims for two miles and everything gives out and they drown. The Olympic swimmer might swim for 200 miles, but they're going to drown too. Um, and so in each of these three cases, um, so, so this is a truth thing where if you're, you're explaining using like a, a metaphor like this, that like, hey, all have sinned. It doesn't matter how good or bad you are. You can never make it um, into heaven. You, you can't get there. The chasm is far too wide. And um, a, a, another way to kind of like illustrate this is that like, so we need someone to rescue us is the idea. Jesus is that is that boat that comes and pulls us out and and takes us into his presence. Not that his presence is France. Please don't. That's, that's not the promised land. Uh, but uh, you get the you get the metaphor. And a- another way of presenting the gospel in kind of this metaphor would be like the cross bridge analogy. Um, 
So thinking of like a chasm, it's like there's this sin that forms this big gap between us and God. So if you imagine two cliffs and a big uh, gap in between them, um, that sin is what's separating us. But if you imagine a cross, that cross beam of the cross, making a bridge from one cliffside to the other, um, Jesus provides that way that we can get across to God. Um, truth means knowing that God is so holy that sin can't be in his presence. So sinners can't be in his presence either. And so he, he wants to make a way for this. Yeah. And like even thinking as you were talking about the verse that says, and you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Um, mm. Like that it sets you free from sin. Like Absolutely. Knowing the truth. So, yeah. So you might have someone who feels really, really loved and they might not be struggling with addiction. So the love and power are not their issue. They really just don't understand the truth or they've never been told the truth. These are the people where where truth is the key. And like we said, there's there's a lot more of that than you think. There's a lot of people who sort of believe in God and stuff, and they've been around a little bit of a Christian culture in Iowa, but they don't really know it. They've never stopped to think about it. They've never allowed it to sink in, you might say. Um, and even that thought, like as, as you said that too, is like, you know, they might not struggle with power or love, but they struggle with the truth. And even thinking about that and and sharing the gospel sometimes can feel overwhelming. Like, well, do I know enough truth to share truth? Hmm. And it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take yeah. a lot. I mean, you know the truth of what Jesus did and what he came to do. Um, and so like even just just taking a simple part of that truth and sharing it is is just as powerful. Yeah, like... And even thinking about this podcast right now, it's not that you need to know all of these things. Yeah. It's that if you know any of these things, you are equipped. If you can hang on to any one of them at that moment you need it, like we're sharing more than enough, but um, that that's all you need. That's really good. Okay, the last one is love. Um, you know, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Um, so God is motivated by love to, to do this saving act at the cross for us. Um, his arms stretched open wide are the greatest picture of love that we could ever know. Uh, the Bible says greater love has no one than this, that, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Um, and, and he calls us his friends. So, um, there, there's, it's definitely the case that someone might've heard the truth for years but they've never really experienced the personal, relational love of God before. Um, maybe they, maybe it's a broken home sort of situation, and so the family they lived in didn't really show them what love truly is. Um, it, it's all, or even if someone has experienced earthly family love or romantic love or something like, to experience the love of God is going to meet a need that they've always had, but they might not have even known that they had. Um, sometimes people will talk about everyone has a God-shaped hole. And th- that's what this is talking about. It's like there's this vacuum of love that we all have that when God comes and floods in and fills us, um, like that's, um, that's him coming in love to us. Um, it's also like becoming part of God's family. Uh, we think about like the prodigal son. Um, when his father came running out to meet him, so that's uh, John 15, I think. Um, when the prodigal son's father saw that his son had, had just turned and repented and turned back towards the father, um, then the, this loving father came running, which like culturally would have been inappropriate in those days to have a man run, but he just like just unashamed, just takes off running um, and and hugs his son and, and kisses him and says, welcome home. Like, this is the love of God towards us. And yeah, I think about when I think of love too, um, and even reasons as to why, you know, people wouldn't, um, something that would be holding them back from accepting Christ or like hearing the gospel. Um, I think of fear. Um, I think of how a lot of people are held captive by fear. And so it's this, it's a little bit of the aspect of like, um, being, um, 
almost like like um, oppressed with fear or um, mm. like in that in that state of like this power, this stronghold kind of. But yet also like just this feeling, like the Bible says um, that perfect love cast out fear. Mm-hmm. And when we don't recognize that we are loved um, and that we have that um, security in, in God who will always love us no matter what, um, it can it can keep us from that um, that relationship with Him. Um, sometimes we're afraid. Well, what do I have to give up, or um, what is this going to cost me, uh, or you know, I'm just afraid of what this means, or maybe there's just like fears in their life in general. Maybe they're just a fearful person, and um, mm-hmm. to recognize God's love in that, and that you know, you don't have to be afraid because He's there and He cares and He's you know always going to be with you in that. Um, that that is a big thing, mm-hmm. and like even in my life, is um, recognizing that His love cast out that fear, and I don't have to be afraid in that. And so I know, like people in the past that I have shared the gospel with, are people that have been living in fear, mm-hmm. and then just recognizing God's love in the midst of it made all the difference. A lot of times, this is an emotional encounter with God, where. Um, it might happen in a worship service, like a, like during a song, let's say, or something that sort of bypasses just this mental ascent to what mm-hmm. God represents, and like it gets deeper beyond that, and like you just feel the love of God. Uh, that, that's a really powerful thing. It's like it's just it's not just head knowledge. This is this is the component of sharing the gospel that it's like heart knowledge. Um, like I I deeply receive uh the love that god is desperately trying to give me and again i think it's important to point out like it's not it's not you saying the right thing or giving the right uh, you know power truth or love it's it's also like giving what god gives you in that moment because he is already preparing those people like it's it's his responsibility to prepare their hearts and minds to hear it um and so like we have to like let ourselves off the hook on that a little Mm -hmm. bit to know that it's not relying, it's not up to us, um, it's up to God, but it is our responsibility to share. Yeah, that's so good. That We're just the conduits that he's flowing through. Yeah. I love that. All right, so we've talked about, like, what the faith line is and isn't. We've talked about different um, different sort of battlegrounds that that the gospel sort of takes place on, whether it's power or truth or love. Um, one more thing before I move on from power, truth, and love. Um, on the truth one, I heard someone say once that to receive Christ is to is to admit that everything you've believed your whole life is wrong. So it's a it's a big thing. It's a small it's a small idea. I'm going to trust Jesus, but. The moment you say, I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by him, I'm saying that everything I used to believe, everything my parents have told me, everything culture has told me, all these people that I used to trust or these thoughts that I was so sure about, it was all wrong. There's a significant um, courage, <laughs> there's a significant loss there. that, And I don't know, like... I think sometimes that's the barrier, not so much that they don't want to believe what you're sharing with them, but they don't want to admit that up till this moment, they've been completely wrong. Um, we, we definitely don't want to approach the gospel of like, let me correct all of your false thinking <laughs> and sort of like be all judgmental and, and awkward. Like, but I think just being sensitive to the fact that like, this is a, this is a big deal. It takes a, an extreme amount of humility to say, you know what? It's okay. I, I was wrong, but now I'm seeing this like my, the light bulb is being turned on in my head and in my heart and I'm safe to let go of the old way of thinking, the old way of viewing me and the world and to take hold of something radically new. Yeah. And I was just um, noticing that um, as you were talking and um, like the aspect of like how powerful the truth is, um, we don't like and recognizing, yeah, it is kind of like turning away from everything we ever knew. Um, I was noticing power, truth, and love, like those are all things that God is. Like God is mm. power, he is truth, and he is love. And yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it is pretty, yeah, like um, 
that the Holy Spirit himself, like he, like he kind of is the power of God, like pneuma spirit, the, the Greek word, like it has to do with power, like this forceful wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth and life. And yeah. And God is love. Um, yeah, that's really good. Um, okay. Let's get really, really practical. Now you're in this moment you're forgetting all the other parts of the podcast and you're just like, what do I say? <laughs> um, let's, let's give you some things that you can sort of latch onto and remember. Okay. So Chrissy, can you share a little bit about like the ABCs? Um, okay. So my, my daughter, when she was about seven, um, had learned, had come home one day and was like, Hey mom, do you know the ABCs? And I was like, of course I know ABCs, you know? And she's like, no, not like the alphabet ABCs, like admit, believe and confess. And I was like, um, maybe like why don't you share them with me um and just kind of to see what she was talking about and um she was talking about um the abcs of salvation and um someone coming to christ and stepping over the faith line and it's just simple um that's what she's been doing on the soccer field is um asking people if they know their alphabet and then as she says no let's admit believe and confess then then they're like, wait, what is that? And then they're more curious about it. Um, it's something simple that, you know, kids can use to share their faith. Um, it's an easy thing to remember the ABC, um, but it talks, you know, just admitting that that you're a sinner, that you've sinned, you've done wrong. And because of that, you're separated from God. Um, you can't be good enough. Um, there's nothing you can do to earn it. Um, uh, that's a big thing as kids will often try to... Um, earn that approval from their parents. They kind of have that mindset with God as well. Um, and, you know, come to that place where he's like, yeah, I am a sinner. I can't do it on my own. Um, and admit that. And then believe, believe that Jesus Christ came um, and lived a perfect life. He died on the cross and he rose again. And and then confess, you know, confess to the Lord. The Bible says with the mouth confession is made. Another way of saying it is call. Um there's also scripture that says, you know, um, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. And so, you know, either or my daughter uses confess, um, but a lot of other people uses the word call. Um, so either one of those would work. Um, but basically, you know, uh, there's something about when you speak something out, um, that there's just power in. And so, you know, confessing like, Hey God, I can't do this on my own. I need you. I believe you died for me. And, you know, I want, to know you in a personal way. And so like those three things, easy enough, they kind of give you um, just a little bit in your head to trigger the rest of what you can talk about. And um, it's work. It's really practical, like I said, you know, for younger kids to um, have those, that ABC in sharing with them. So mm. That's awesome. Uh, another one we talked about earlier is that cross bridge um, thing. So if you have... <clears throat> and then I get a pen or if you have a whiteboard or something and you can draw it <clears throat> out, but like it, it's, it's more of a visual thing. So, uh, if you have some way to visualize it, um, maybe you're giving a little talk to kids or something, you could, you could plan ahead to draw this out, but yeah, two cliffs, us on one side, God on the other, and we have no way to get across because of our sin, but yet God through Jesus um, saved us. And so that you draw a picture of the cross, bridging the gap, and you just trust in Jesus and you'll be saved. Um, and that faith line would be the midpoint of that bridge, right? The, the moment we cross over from death to life. Um, another one is just like, here's a framework for sharing your testimony. Um, testimony is just like how God saved you. And that can be incredibly powerful in helping someone step over the faith line. Um, how do you share your testimony? Well, you tell your story, but you don't want to just ramble on about what your life was like. Um, here's three words that can kind of launch uh, the framework of your story. So I was, but God, and now. I was, but God, and now. So I was... Uh, a sinner, and he, I was lost, and I was confused, whatever your story is. But God, now that's the middle of the story where God intervened. He did something. It wasn't just you getting your act together, but God instead was the one who acted and did something in your life. 
and now is sharing how you're different. How, what's the change been? What's been the transformation in your life? How do you see him working? So um, if you make sure that as you tell your own story, it has those three aspects to it, um, it, then you're making sure that your story is pointing to God saving you and not you just kind of telling how life is better than it used to be or something. Um, a lot of times I feel like that can be really powerful um, when you have a friend in your world or somebody that you know and their life experiences and what's going on um, that it's, it is a place where you can share more of like where you were. And if it's a friend, a lot of times they'll see the living testimony that's happening in you. Hmm. Um, they'll already see what's happening in your life and how God has changed your life. And then they actually come to you in those situations. A lot of times, like I see this difference in you, what has happened and open the door again, God preparing them, um, as he is changing you. And so they'll, they'll notice a difference in your life. And that opens the door for you to be able to say, yeah, this is why it's changing. Um, I can think of so many stories right now of just people, um, within our church where that has been the case, where God has changed them. And then he has brought other people to them that have noticed that difference. And then they were able to share that testimony with them. Hmm. So good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Last one we want to share today, and then we'll wrap up, uh, is the Faithline book. So we have a resource that is designed to both help you share, but then also to like give to people when they've taken that step to set them up for success at the beginning of the journey of their faith. Um, We have two versions of it, one for kids and one for adults. Um, they're both awesome. They're really, really good. Um, the, the adult one actually can be found on our website. So if you go to prairielakeschurch.org, and then there's the little kind of side button, like I think they call it the sandwich symbol or icon, I don't know, the little three lines. You tap on that or click on that, and then under milestones, there's this thing that says faith line. Or you just search for faith line. Either way, you're going to get there, and you can download the faith line book. Um, so it says like, congratulations, you stepped over the faith line. And then it also describes it. If you're not sure what you just did, like it sort of walks you back through it. Um, and then, uh, it says like the first 14 devotions of your spiritual life. So if you, all right, you took this step now for the next two weeks, what if every day you just read a little bit of like truth that could help you, um, get a good foundation um, that's the Faithline book. And then there's one that's smaller and simpler um, for kids. And I would say it's maybe, uh, I'm looking at it, maybe like a, kind of a third or fourth grade level is is where it's written at. But you could use those things to walk a very little kid through or like a teen or preteen. Um, so that one we have available at our campus. And uh, it, it says some very similar things uh, to what we have been talking about today. So grab a hold of that book, get a copy of it. Every one of our small group leaders should have one. So if you don't, let us know and we'll get you one. But uh, anybody who wants one of these, we will give it to you because we want you to use it as a resource. So um, that's all I have uh, before we pray. But anything you would add before we wrap up today, Christy? Um, I would just say this isn't meant to like stress you out or overwhelm you or like, um, make you feel even more incapable. (laughs) Um, it's really, it's really just trusting God through the process and knowing that he's over it all. Um, and if a person approaches you or you have the opportunity to approach somebody else, like know that those steps were ordered up of God. And, um, a lot of times when I'm in that situation, I, I'm sitting with someone, maybe I'm like in the middle of a million other things going through my head and all of a sudden this person's in front of me and, um, and God saying, Hey, present the faith line to them, present the gospel to them. Um, I'll take like five seconds in my head and I'll be like, all right, Lord, then you need to lead me through this Hmm. and trusting him to lead you through that process and give you the words that you need to say. You don't have to rush. You can take your time in it. Um, and like, just listen for his guidance in it and just follow him in it. Um, when you, when you have these key things, um, like somewhere in your mind, you know, maybe it's just some, one of these things you choose, like, Oh, I really like to hone out on this for a little while. Like God will give you those opportunities and God will bring those things back to your mind. Um, so like just trusting him through that process of sharing your faith with him, like he desires for us to do that. And so just trust him in that process. 
So good. Let me close this out with prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, we just really feel like you brought this topic today for a reason, um, you know, kind of unexpectedly unplanned, but yet um, it's, it's something you want to do. And so I'm praying that just any one of these tools would be useful for the people listening right now, um, that it would just help someone move closer to hear the gospel one more time, to get that much more prepared uh, to put their trust in you. And um, so, Lord, uh, this is something that only you can do. So we're asking, God, for you to to fill us, to lead us, to make us more sensitive. God, we're asking you to prepare people's hearts to receive it. Uh, God, we're asking you to lead us into relationships with people um, who need this message, this hope. And, uh, Lord, grow your kingdom um, because of these kinds of conversations, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen.